Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. Thank you very much for downloading the latest. Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. This is episode nine, and we are rugby fans. We don't take ourselves or the game too seriously. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hi, Tim. That is Phil. Hi, Tim. And we are here to talk about the last week in rugby and uh, some of the talking points in it. And I suppose let's just get straight on with the international action. Here's a question for you. Was that a good England side or a really, really gammon Argentina side? Hmm. What's your take on it, Jay, as a Welshman? (sighs) I, I... I'm going to basically sound exactly like I sounded last week, which is, on England boring? Really? Even after that first half display? Even What first half? What first half display? You thought that was impressive? That was pretty good. No. Uh, Consistently, big runners carrying the ball hard. Getting yes. Up, getting, yes, that did happen. Getting over the gain line. Then that quick, happened. Quick ball for the backs to use. Uh, not so much. Yeah. Fortunately, was... not many scrums. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I thought that Argentina weren't great. I thought England England are a team that the results suggest that they're a lot better than they actually are, and and they're not that good. I, I think they performed very well. I think the look of that team now you've got a lot of ball carriers putting their hands up. When I say to you, describe how Saracens play, how would you describe that? Pragmatic territory. Yeah. Uh, p- p- yeah, yeah so territory. most of the back line are from Saracens. So they're hardly an exciting team. Mm, they've got some edge there. No, I, I disagree. I think they've got some, some very good they've strike got ball the runners. Second... The, the backs, while the backs that they're putting out at the moment, certainly in the centres, lack a bit of the cutting edge, they've got the potential there. They've got the second best Saracens fly half, they've got the second best Tomkin brother, and they've got a guy who couldn't make it in Leicester, and that's their three-quarter line. I reckon... What England are doing really well is containing sides. No mm. one's really running riot against them, which I suppose not is yet. Part, which I suppose is part of that pragmatic approach. It'll be interesting to see if New Zealand can unlock them at will, as they sometimes tend to do. I'm really excited about watching this game. I think if England play like they did in the second half, they will get absolutely spanked the, by yeah. New Zealand. Do you know Agreed. the one player that I love for England, and he does it time and time again, is Mike Brown. Mike Brown is class. Yeah, I can't quite put my finger on what it is. He He's not that fast. I'm not sure he's that strong, but he seems to break, he seems oh, yeah. to break every he's, every first tackle. He's very deceptive. Like, his strength is deceptive because he always beats the first man, but also his, his feet, he doesn't appear to be moving or trading direction that quickly, mm-hmm. and yet he leaves defenders yeah. like, on the floor all it's around. It's weird. I've, I've never liked him, but I think that's more to do with the fact that he's a bit of a petulant kind of yeah, he definitely was when he kind was of a, niggly, a bit, but I think yeah. he's, he's. I think he's he's uh, he's matured a bit. But actually, in, in, in pure rugby terms, yeah, he's, he has been England's best player. And the other one that I'm really excited about, bearing in mind he's so young and so young in international rugby as well, 
uh, Billy Vanapola. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Good. That's what we need. Still only 20. But there's all, there's, then you look at the other things, don't you? Like you know, like the second row enforcers or the anti-enforcers. Uh, it's just... Well, uh, Laws There's no real there. seven there. And, and Laws functioning very well with Hartley. Um, like last week, the line-out struggled a bit. Um, mm. against Australia, but this week with Hartley and Laws, both Northampton, line-up looked really good, and Laws has demonstrated that he, he can might, call yeah, the line-ups. He might be gangly looking, but power. I love Laws. Yeah. Yeah. Laws has got yeah, power. I'm big, big Laws fan. And the, the timing on the hits as well. Just that, right on the edge where the fly-half releases the ball, mm. and you know as a fly-half that Laws is going to be there, yeah. like right on... On the release of the ball. I'm going to say, I don't think Stuart Lancaster could have done a lot more to get to England where they're at now. Is this fair to say England are just a reflection of their coach? Sensible, pragmatic, sort of boring, not not outstanding? No, I think they are a bit more than that. Um, no, I've, I think they are a reflection of the coach, and that's uh, tactically astute, pragmatic, definitely. Uh, but what's wrong with that? Seven seven wins in a row is that seven out of? Eight I don't wins? know. I, I'm I'm just glad at the moment that I'm Welsh because the Welsh team certainly has that bit of Gatland about them, kind of edginess. Well, I mean, I, th- I think the reality of the rugby championships kicking in for Argentina. Yes, they're getting exposed to top level opponents, but they're too regularly feeling what losing is like, and that yeah. seems to have affected them. And I wonder if, as far as the Southern Hemisphere sides goes. That's what Wales are experiencing right now. Is it mental no. now? Is it mental no. that they cannot? Beat? Seventeen times well, they've tried and failed to beat my, one of the three Southern Hemisphere. Interestingly, teams. my prediction was spot on uh, that Wales would win. Unfortunately, we were robbed of um, Jonathan Davis, Adam Jones, but that last try was not a try. Uh, the guy was offside. Wales were coming back into the game. Wales, very interestingly, I thought they looked very, very good. And there's something very interesting going on as well at the breakdown for Wales. I assume that Gatland has taught Reese Priestland that when you get tackled, you immediately have to f- flop to your knees, look terrified, <laughs> double backwards, and then spill the ball. He looked like a little kid that's been hit by oh, the bigger boys, didn't he? He looked terrible. Uh, it, particularly it, in contact. When he, he, when he, he looked terrified. When he got the ball and he looked up and he realised that George North, Jonathan Davis, Jamie Roberts weren't actually outside him. Then <laughs> he's going to have to take contact himself. Liam William Mummy! <laughs> oh no. They clearly do represent the Northern Hemisphere's best hope at the World Cup in 2015. Do, you do, do they? I, no, I do think I so. Think, yeah. I've got to give that to France, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another two years, I think. In terms but, of the quality of the players, France should be, should be but will they? Well, yeah. We've, we've got Farrell for England, who's. Boring. We've got Priestland and Bigger for Wales, who are boring. France have a 29-year-old 10. Is that his first cap? Uh, I think he's got about four or five caps. He looked he, he played a bit over the summer, but first caps. What's his name? Thales? Tails? Remy, uh, Remy Thales? Tails, yeah. yeah. He looked ace. Took it up to the game line, controlled the game. I don't mean control the game like Owen Farrell controls the game by kicking it everywhere or the Reese Priestland high kick. Like, actually controlling it by running to the line and giving a pass. He looked awesome. In terms of international rugby, there's some, excuse the pun, there's some green shoots in Ireland. Go on. Well, I just thought they they looked really, really good. They've uncovered a a prop that's debut, Jack McGrath, who... He got the better of Muller Polar, and then when James Johnston came on for Samoa, he got the better of him as well. Bloody hell. Yeah. Tight heads, you look at, look at Adam Jones and the importance of him to Wales. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if they've uncovered someone... I'm surprised they didn't go uh, further and upgrade it again with Sensor Johnson so he could go through all of the Samoan props. <laughs> and then, and then Dave, Dave Carney debut two tries and looked yeah. really, really good. Very good result beating Samoa, who are obviously a very strong team, although they had a few people missing. Yeah, um, but Ireland didn't have Johnny Sexton. But I look at Ireland... Uh, who did they play at 10 then? Paddy Jackson. Paddy Jackson. But when, yeah. you, when you look and you go, right, Jack McGrath, tight head, if he turns out to be as good as he is, Jack McGrath and Keen Healy as your two props could be a dominating... At force in the front row. You've got Sean O'Brien, probably the best ball-carrying back row in world rugby, if mm, not the yeah. best back row in world rugby. Mm. You've got Johnny Sexton at 10, and you've still got Brian O'Driscoll uh, in the centre. Well, hang on, this is where it all falls down, right? Yeah. When when Brian O'Driscoll retires, I think there's going to... There's going to be a strong argument in Ireland just to pack it all up. Uh, fold Munster, <laughs> fold Leinster. Let's just go home. We've had a good run. Yeah, we've had a good run. Let's concentrate on Gaelic or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much longer has he got left? Didn't he say two years ago that he was retiring from international? Yeah. And then I'm sure he said it last year. Did he? Yeah, and then he got persuaded to come out of retirement for the Lions or postpone his retirement for the Lions. I and don't know. Can I... he make it to the World Cup? Oh, Would he? He'll, he'll be thinking about it, that's for sure. 34 now? He might consider it because he's not going to get dropped for Jonathan Davis. He's on, he's, he's on safe <laughs> territory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I thought I was. I thought Ireland uh, showed some promise. Although, uh, tell me one thing, right? What the hell is going on with the pitches in the Millennium Stadium and in Paris? Yeah, it pitches lo- were terrible. Were they, yeah. It looked like they were playing in a sandpit in, in Millennium Stadium. It was awful, wasn't uh, it? Mind you, I mean, they've only had what six, seven, eight months to prepare since the Wales England game to get it ready. What else are they doing in, in the meantime there to, for, for it to be so bad? It looks like it's freshly laid. I, I don't know any, anything about grass science but it looked terrible. <laughs> yeah. I know what I can see with my own eyes and that yeah. was bad. It was just it was like a carpet being rolled up. It yeah. looked terrible. And the French pitch that well, you mentioned mm. um, cost them potentially getting a, a draw out of the game when they were seven points yeah. down at the end. So and the, the, the French scrum was looking pretty good, pretty dominant. It wouldn't yeah. happen on 4G. <laughs> it wouldn't. That's, yeah. that's got to be the future. Hey, listen, one other great thing that I think we uh, we, we know we, we all acknowledge separately um, as we were watching the international matches is, are we in the golden age of, of kits? Well, interesting. Are we in the golden age of kits? Because we, we have waxed lyrical about some amazing kits in the Premiership. Leicester Tigers, Luna, take a bow. London Irish. Yeah, you love London Luna, Irish, don't you, Phil? London Irish. Big London Irish not kit so fan. Much. Well... I saw England. I love that England kit. I mean, England, I think now have have got it on lockdown. They're back in their black socks or or their navy socks, which I think yeah. is very important. I, the all white England kit doesn't really do it for me, but they've also got those nifty little little bands on on the arm that to looks, augment the socks. But that looks like someone's wearing um what, like shoulder, shoulder pads. Yeah, it looks like the. Oh, do you know, it, do you know was, that? I thought it was like an un, um, under an under armor or type shoulder pads. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that was part of the kit. Now. Argentina. I was a massive fan of their. I think. I think in one of the earlies in the first episode, I said what a fan I was of the home Argentina kit, which had just been released at the time. But that away kit's mint as well. Yeah. The, the well, away, the away kit is lovely. It's, lovely. It's really, really. It nice reminds bit of me kit. a little bit of the France home kit a few years ago. The home kit for Argentina. Have you noticed that it's got like? Yeah, you said this to me some the other day. The away, no, the away kit has it. Um, it's like Puma yeah. footprints. Footprints. Yeah, well, I'm not Puma, Puma skin kind of pattern no, or something. Yeah, the the home, but the you home, only notice it when you're right up close. The home kit does uh, as well. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's I mean it's still a very nice kit, like nice yeah. colours, you know, nice shape. When you're pretty close, and if you're that close to an Argentine rugby player, you're not in a good place. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. the, uh, the Argentine away kit is, is the sort of navy blue kit that Scottish fans must be looking over and coveting because <laughs> yeah. they've got the they've got the short straw. Macron. Scotland, they're Macron as well. Aren't Macron. They? Have they ever had a nice kit? Because uh, they, they were Canterbury before that. I didn't like their Canterbury. See, I that. think there's a little bit of. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Have they ever? Do you know when you know a good kit? Do you know when you know an ugly girl back in school, and you know her name was whatever it is, and then you always associate that name then with ugly girls. Do you know where I'm going with this? I know, I know the principle. So you so, think just by because Scotland are so awful, I've yeah. never associated their kits as as like a nice kit. <laughs> I, I've never liked any of them, especially the one with the purple across. Oh, so as, as no, soon as like you that. see the, the Scottish badge on the chest, Ugh. no matter what it looks like, you can put that on the, the blue of the new Argentina kit. Oh, uh, the nice. Argentina oh, away yeah. kit, yeah, but <laughs> if it's the Scottish badge on there. But on the flip side, I think there's a little part of me that if I'd have seen Macron on that Argentina kit, I'd have yeah. thought it was a horrible kit. I don't know. Macron. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right having a... Macron, the girl at school, school you never liked. <laughs> Um, did anyone see the, the Scotland-Japan game? No. No. Just I, from a kit point of view, I'm just going to ask if any of the Macron kit disintegrated like uh, the Glasgow <laughs> kit has done a couple of times. Hope we don't get sued by Macron. <laughs> Maybe uh, we could get them as a sponsor and we can start uh, bigging them up. Macron, call us. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll sell out. We'll sell out for you, Macron. That's how you get us to start talking nicely about you. You kit. have obviously missed the kit clash of the century, though. Well, you... The mes- new Welsh you messaged kit. us saying that the oh. two nicest kits in world rugby were playing in the Millennium Stadium at 5.30. That, that's right. I, uh, I'm not so sure. Okay, so the classical uh, South African kit. Yeah, love that. So intimidating. Yeah. Uh, watching them come out in those all green tracksuits is terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. Um, but then, as watching Wales warm up, and the complete package of stash which I've got, I would love that. All the Under Armour gear. Oh, it's so good. Better than the Under Armour one with the little white yeah, that thing was on the rubbish. on the collar. Didn't like that. We've yeah. got that Under Armour kit at Broughton Park now, and it's disappointing. Just another point from the uh, Wales South Africa game. One of my housemates, Mad Dog. <laughs> How did he acquire the name Mad Dog? <laughs> yeah, it's a long story, um, which we won't go into just just yet. But he said uh, he was watching it with me, the Wales South Africa. He looked at one of the players and he said. God, that guy looks a bit like like Stuart Downing. Stuart Downing. And he was gone. Re- he was referring to George North. And no, oh, when, he, when he said it, when he said it, I was like, you know what? I can actually see a bit of a resemblance. Oh, there. I don't know about that. They're, they're both wingers. <laughs> well, they are both wingers. A friend of mine who is fairly quiet but knows his rugby inside out pointed out something, which I which I think we can all kind of identify with. Mike Phillips was about to tap and go. And Sam Warburton kind of tapped him on the shoulder, brought him back. And Phillips did this, goes... And my friend Lee goes, scrum half face. Every time you pull a scrum half, half back, he looks like he could have scored. He does that... <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, that was a wee Ooh, there. Ooh, was a wee. Just... <laughs> and it's true. It's absolutely true. It's the same that there's a thing that wingers do. You know when the whistle blows and they have a ball in their hand? You, you, I bet you do this, Phil. When they have a ball in their hand and the whistle blows, they run through all the players into open field as if, oh, if you hadn't blown... That's, that's that exactly what I was try. just about to do. Yeah. yeah, oh, they do like the really slow token step to the station... Uh, to the stationary defender yeah, yeah. Uh, oh uh, Stuart Downing does look like George North and I reckon both are as damaging to England 
Both Stuart Downing and George <laughs> very, very good, Tim. Did you see the Senegal Ivory Coast match on Friday night? <laughs> yes. What? Did um, you not say it? So the, there's not just the big. Hold on, we're talking rugby, football. What? This is rugby. Rugby. So there's there's not just the big um, rugby end of year test matches. There were ones with the, the Six Nations and Southern Hemisphere teams. There's also a few others going on. Yeah. Um, Senegal beat Ivory Coast 33-10. Oh, Brilliant. Georgia beat Canada 19-15. That's actually not a bad game, that one. That's probably not a bad oh. game. Well, anyone play playing Aries Park? This week, uh, there is Ares Park in uh, North Wales. Mm-hmm. It's Russia Japan. Oh, nice! On Friday night, under lights, one worth watching. Uh, there are a couple of other games last weekend. Belgium lost to French universities. That's <laughs> the, the French full... universities are no joke. <laughs> it's a full Belgian Belgian team. Oh yeah, uh, Fiji beat Portugal thirty six thirteen. Yeah, good good on you, Phil. Actually, in terms of international rugby, we have just got to mention one thing before we move on. What on earth was that trophy that England got after beating Argentina? What's going on with these trophies for well, first, matches between nations? First of all, it's politically insensitive. That trophy should be shaped like the Falkland, Falkland Islands made out of oil reserves. <laughs> or, or dead Falklands fish. Either or, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it, how would you describe that trophy? It looks like... Bad uh, modern art piece. Yeah, like a really no, horrible modern, modern, modern art. like Italian 90 or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really dated. It's incredibly dated. But it's a good point. It seems to be every international match that there's a, a trophy up for grabs. Like that, that is England-Argentina Mark 3 or Mark 4 this year. Is it really? Well, they, they oh, the summer tour. Summer, yeah, summer yeah, tour yeah. where there was two or three games against Argentina and then obviously that... Um, the Bledisloe Cup was competed two weeks ago for the third time That's this year. That's a joke. That really is a joke. So it's not even Tri-Nations, is it? It's Tri-Nations plus one. But it should just be a one-off game. But the fact that they have a, a series of three with one game outside of the side of the Rugby Championship is ludicrous. But mm. every time Australia plays South Africa, they've got the Mandela Challenge plate. Uh, when New Zealand plays South Africa, they've got the Freedom Cup. Sorry, when who? New Zealand plays South Africa. Right, okay. New um, Zealand's last... trophy cabinet must be... Bearing down under the weight of all of these. Well, last, winning them last week, uh, on, on Saturday, they um, won again for the third or fourth time this year, the Dave Gallagher Trophy, mm. by beating France again. It well, is... next weekend will be the uh, Hillary Shield yes. being, being contested. That's right. Which England are currently the holders of. Probably the only trophy in world rugby that New Zealand can potentially win that they don't currently hold. Yeah, right. Looking up New Zealand's, like, record against other teams and they've only ever been beat by like four or five or I think it's five nations is that right they've lost to Australia South Africa England Wales France but it, Ireland have never beaten them never, Scotland have never wow. beaten them it's like Anglesey winning everything it's incredible <laughs> wow um, but going back to the trophies there's a couple of other ones that I don't know who the current holder of these two are big trophies the Antim Cup hmm yeah, and Tim Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Georgia versus Romania. <laughs> nice. And the, the Elgon Cup. God knows when this was uh, last contested, but... Elgon sounds like some sort of dishwasher tablet. <laughs> um, might as well be. It's the trophy of Kenya versus Uganda. Nice. In, Ru- in Rugby Union. That's a big deal, that one. If there's any more you know about, or if there's anything you want to get in touch about and uh, have a natter about, of course, um, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter... And eggchasers.com. Let's move on. 
And a bit of music then. It's Rugby Oki time just for a second. Let's have a musical interlude. Uh, rugby Oki is where we celebrate the singing prowess of rugby players, such as Ben Foden. Is this one where he pretends he's got his lines written down on his hand? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a good gag. Oh, it's great. Uh, like Matt Stevens. I could stay away just to hear you breathe. It's quite good. He's all right, isn't he? And like Alex called Biziero. Keep it kind of quiet. People on a diet. Scrum is straight. Tom is right. I don't deny it. Test me. Try it. You love this so much that you're going to have to learn the words. I, I actually know the words. Fly it. <laughs> up, up high. Grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we I'd represent love to get this guy L.I. On the show. London Irish. Mm. You can't deny this. So, so sick. A tenant. You can't buy this. And because the Rugby World Cup is currently ah, going right. on, yeah, we're going cross codes for Rugby Oki now. So this is England International Rugby League player, Tom Burgess, Tom Burgess, one of the... How many brothers are they? Four. Four brothers Four. who all played down under in the NRL. This is him recreating, trying to emulate Kanye West. Sam crazy while well, I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't seen me because I pulled up in my other bands. Last week I was in my other, other bands. So your diamonds up, guess we're in this bitch another game. For the truth fresh, looking like wealth. About to call the paparazzi on myself. Uh... This now, one's the most disturbing. So on, on the video, he's just on his own. He's on his own in his room. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, no one's forced him to do this. It wasn't like someone was recording him and he didn't realise. Yeah, because we've got Corbis Sierra, uh, yeah. who actually turns out to be a genuine world-class rap star. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got Foden, who is going out. I mean. Look, if I was going to marry... Uh, what's his name? Una? Una. Yeah, why not? I'd, I'd sing. So yeah. what? Big deal. That was a deal breaker. A deal breaker. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Elliot Daly, you can hear the girls screaming in, in the background. <laughs> Terrible at singing, but you can actually you can actually hear them. Who, who else have we got? Matt Stevens. Matt Stevens, well, he's just got a good voice. And yeah. he's probably got a career, uh, uh, some sort of career in media afterwards. Uh, and he's Ricky got, Flutie. He's, yeah, Ricky yeah, Flutie. That was, that was oh, for yeah, charity. that was good. Yeah, and he was quite good. Good, good and voice and for charity. A charity. He was hanging around with with um, Heather Small. Heather Small. So that's pretty good. This one's on a webcam in his bedroom, and I think he's topless, or at least he's wearing a vest. And that for me is a deal breaker. Back to rugby union then, with more rapping, kind of rapping. Um, this is by members of Canterbury Crusaders, uh, Robbie Fruin, Fruin and Israel Dag. Dag. Israel Dig, mate. Hey, bro. Uh, doing a bit of ripping. Uh, the song is called <laughs> Never Walk Away, and it's by the Sea City Bros. Is this something is... that they've uh, written themselves? Oh, they've, done, they've written themselves and had it professionally recorded. Wow. Let's hear it right now. So the rapping voices you will hear uh, are, like I say, Robbie Fruin and uh, Israel Dag. It feels like it's got the touch of, 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 of like the Saracens marketing men behind it. <laughs> wow. Is it wind up? It's not in New Zealand. I suppose they are. They're yeah, the biggest stars in in, like in the pop, country. Yeah, they're like pop stars, aren't they? This was anything else. Beautiful. Now, incidentally, can I just say on on the thing of the Rugby World Cup, the organisers of the Rugby World Cup, particularly the sort of PR people, have absolutely butchered it. They have ruined. I think what was a great opportunity. You speak to anyone in the street and go. 
Oh, the Rugby World Cup's on. Even like yeah, we're, we're in Ma- exactly. we're in Manchester where it's happening. Yeah. People don't know it's yeah, even that happening. That was exactly what I was what I was about to say, say, say next. As soon as you you were about to say no, I was going no. Neither have I no. because nobody has. Yeah, and no I would watch it. I would watch I, it every day if it was on. I've, I've seen one game on TV. Half the games aren't even broadcast. Yeah. I want it to be easier. Surely the purpose of having a World Cup in the country is yes, you know, the fans of that game are gonna you know get involved and keep an eye on it and watch it. But it's to sort of introduce the game to a new audience and if there's one thing for England to learn ahead of 2015 it's actually make a bit of bloody effort in reaching out to new fans because yeah. the, the, the organisers of the Rugby League World Cup oh. I just they just haven't spent any money or effort or on promoting it yeah. I just, it's just terrible it's, like, it's as if they don't care no time no effort I can't work out for the life of me why Rugby League isn't bigger I can't work out why it's not big Big in the United States. It's simple. It's violent. It's fun to watch. <laughs> what? Where, where's the downside? And yet they only play it on a tiny, you know, along a tiny stretch of road on the, the M62, and, and that's it. And especially for a, a sport which actually has been the innovators and have brought in things before other sports. And rugby unions actually followed rugby yeah. league in a lot of respects. They've just, I've just think they've scored a massive own goal with this. Um, yeah. Just... Well, no, because you you might notice an own goal. Uh, they've, they've, they haven't scored any goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they've not even turned up to yeah. the game when they're supposed to play. But anyway, so there we go, uh, organisers of uh, England 2015. No, they seem to be pretty switched <laughs> no on at making a book or yeah. two. The, uh, the RFU. Right then, I've got this for you. Uh, Danny Cipriani. Seems to get a mention every week on the podcast. Yes, he does. Danny Cipriani may well have little trouble attracting glamorous girlfriends, but he also seems to have a track record for losing them quite easily so the, the latest <laughs> bit of news is he was dating since he broke up with Kelly Brook underwear model Sophie Graydon right let's have, we, have we got a picture of yeah, her yeah let's stop it and let's have a look at her first let's <laughs> have a because otherwise I can't I can't focus <laughs> you need the context don't you obviously yeah Graydon we need to safe search I've got Sophie off. Gardner Sophie Ridge Sophie Robson Sophie, Sophie Hollington I've got a picture of her Roberts. doing rodeo on like a mechanical bull let me come round oh oh my word yeah, it looks like uh, his type. Yeah, it looks like a lot of people's type. Very nice. So uh, Sophie Graydon has dumped him because she said Danny Cipriani is too boring. Now, Sugar Babes, Amel Baraba was an ex-girlfriend of his. She called him tedious and that's why they broke up. So, <laughs> I think that's what the director of Melbourne Rebel said. Called him tedious. Tedious. Yes. <laughs> Probably maybe not in the same way. Maybe not in, a, in an intimate <laughs> one-to-one relationship. But Danny Cipriani is boring. I suppose there was one other bit of it, um, evidence for that, and that is when BBC Sport did a documentary, a short documentary on him, and sent Gabby Logan round to his house. Oh, yeah. what? The whole content of that chat was him making her a chocolate Nesquik. Yeah. And telling her that she, his tipple was Malibu and pineapple. She really, really struggled to get anything out of him. Yeah. I once saw Danny Cipriani in Manchester. Um, yeah. In the cinema, <laughs> story, um, <laughs> and it was days after he, his transfer from Melbourne Rebels to Sale Sharks had been announced. So he'd been in Manchester at most a few days. Um, never lived up here before. And he was at the cinema on a Monday night with these two massive guys with tattoos and these two like scumbag <laughs> seventeen, eighteen-year-old looking girls. I don't know how he attracted them in those kind of those salubrious types in such a short space of time but he managed it the boy's got some skills he could, he could teach he could teach a lot of people a lot of things but not to necessarily um, riveting conversation I would um, <laughs> I'd recommend anyone watch that um, disingenuous interview with Gabby Logan. Logan I don't drink except for in Australia 
and in London Wasps and in front of buses in Leeds. But other than that, <laughs> I absolutely do not drink. Well, so here's a question. So he's uh, he's been criticised by his uh, love interests. Uh, and again, he's not here to speak for himself, um, but of being boring off the pitch. So quick question. Who's the, the most boring rugby player you can think of on the pitch? Ooh. Dan Bigger. Reese Priestland. Dan Parks. Oh, Dan Parks. Dan Parks. That, I, it, you know what? Dan Parks might be more exciting than the two current Welsh tens. Brad Barrett. Yeah, see, England could potentially go go to war with Farrell, Barrett, Tompkins. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. not much attacking potential there. Yeah. Uh, uh, good and what's his and what's his oh, face? Oh God, good at fullback. Yeah, as well. yeah, the bad good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I want to give a, a little honourable mention to a certain team in a certain era. Um, Plymouth Albion under Graham Dorr. Now, did you ever have the experience of playing against that team? I uh, played or? against them a couple of times, yeah. And in fact, I played against Graham Dorr. He came off the bench um, in one of the last games I played at that level. Um, I think he was 47 at the yeah. time. He came off the bench. Incredible. Really? Yeah. Incredible. It, that is incredible um, that he was still able to play himself. At one point, they had a team with some... Amazing players. They had the Ascot brothers coming through as youngsters. Ward, Dan Ward Dan Smith, Smith yeah. was like the main was the main man. They're uh, a good a, a good set of second rows. Were, yeah, they 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 had some good good players. They very nearly got um, top of the league. I think Bristol got promoted and would finished just above them by a point or two in the in the championship. But they did that playing a game plan which was a rolling mall, and they would regularly have thirteen or fourteen man rolling malls. <laughs> Rotherham played a similar tactic. I remember they had a, a huge set of forwards, like humongous pack, and and I remember reading one one uh, write up of one of their games that said the only thing bigger than the Rotherham <coughs> pack was the Rotherham backline. <laughs> so they would just get they had basically fourteen forwards and a and a man kicking the ball to the corners. It kind of segues on quite nicely. You mentioned you know players getting blooded because of injuries and a big injury lineup, and then some people get an international cap. Because we arrive at our dream team. Uh, we pick a topic and then try and fill 15 shirts and make a team based around that topic. And the topic this week is the international water waste 15. The individual who either should have got way more caps than they managed to get. Or maybe, on the flip side, it could be someone who somehow... Got too many caps. <laughs> like the Emil Heskey of rugby. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. People who got one cap, but it was still too many. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a waste of an opportunity to blood some young talent. But exactly. we got this uh, New Zealander over to Wales, put him in a red shirt. Halloween Luscombe, something like that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, come on then, let's kick off with the front row. Loose head prop or tight head prop. Effian Lewis Roberts. Oh, that's one that I had. Big Aves. Who was Sale, then Toulon, then back to Sale. You know when he came back to sale? I was reading his Wiki- Wikipedia page today. I'd love to read his Wikipedia page. Go on. The, the, the deal when he went back to sale, was a, it wasn't like a transfer, it was a swap. Who did they send over? With Sheridan going in the opposite direction. Oh, no. That's a bad bit of business for sale right there. <laughs> Good Lord. I'll, I'll throw one in. Go on. Because there's a little bit of a story around Duncan Bell. Like 30s, wasn't it? Yeah, but there's a reason for that, because I think he... Missed, he, he was he was overlooked by England for a while and so basically said, you know what, I'm going to play for Wales and I'm going to qualify on residency. Then he qualified for residency and said, right, I'm available for Wales. But then 
it turned out because he'd sat on the bench and not played for England Saxons, he was not eligible for Wales and, and so I had to play for England. And then he managed to get, I think, a few caps the for shingler, England. The Shingler rule. Yeah, exactly. So he turned down several, a couple of tours down under... That's for, good money as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Oh. So he turned down a couple of tours that he could have gone on because he was trying to gain residency. It was around 2003, 2004 time. Oh, he could have won some Grand know. Slams. What a shame. Yeah. Um, so he... Because he, he was playing at Bath, wasn't he? Or played yeah. at Bath. I think he was but, living just over the bridge there. But yeah, so he was living in... Again, Wales. why do people do this? <laughs> Uh, do you want to live in, in international South Wales? No, thank you. Or Gloucestershire? Yes, please. <laughs> That's why I am. But uh, yeah, there's, there's another southwest southwest prop, Jason Hobson, of Bristol. Bristol got a single, oh, yeah. single, single cap. For he got a cap. Him? Yeah, he got he, a cap. He got a cap. His single solitary cap. He, I, I tell you what, he's got a checkered disciplinary, disciplinary record. Yeah, crap. I'm not even going to get into it for fear well, of saying something no, wrong. Allow me. <laughs> let's, have, let's look him no, up. No, just do it in your spare time. Look at some of Jason Hobson's uh, disciplinary things. He's had some. Is it as bad as like stuff. Kevin Yates? Yeah. It's, well, yeah. Some of it's getting. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. It <laughs> <Wow>. is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right. Shout Brits as a hooker. Three yeah, international great. caps for South Africa. What a waste. What a waste of a player at international level. Great shout. Yeah. Right then, into the engine room. Another England-Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, England-2-Wales, Ollie Cohn. Yes, only one cap. And has yeah. he retired as well? He yeah. retired through injury. Massive man. Here's a man yeah, right, who has a lot of caps, but he should have had so many more. Simon Shaw. He kind of has always been kind of second to... Johnson, and then he kind of got old, and then he was like, "Oh well, he'll retire next year." Yeah, so right. let's so let's blood some more youngsters. Ten years later, he's still playing yeah. rugby hero. I think seventy-one it... caps, mind you. Yeah, but oh, how wow. many more should he have had? The guy is incredible. And should have that, had... That's incredible. He, he should be the, the most capped Englishman, really. But but during that period, he just happened to have uh, his window of opportunity happened to be during the most successful period in England's history. I can't believe they couldn't utilise him ne- next to Martin Johnson. It sounds terrifying. Just Danny, now it's not... Danny Grucock, Ben Danny Grucock's, yeah. yeah. Good, that, good era for English. Good era for Well, yeah, and before that, yeah, like Gareth Archer. Anyway, yeah. What about Hugh Vivian? Yeah, one cap. One cap. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Pat Lamb. Oh, yeah. One cap for New Zealand made him, really? ine- made him ineligible for, oh, uh, yes. for Samoa. Yeah. So he, he got one international cap for New Zealand. What a player. Wow. Pat Lamb was. And when you've got names like Kabamba Floors. Yeah, big names. Incredible names. <laughs> I can't believe it when you pulled up the name. Ka- Say it again. Kabamba, Kabamba Floors. Thank you. Because South African flanker got one cap against England in about 2007. Yeah, because he, uh, he was meant to be really, really good. I remember watching like the like, Super Rugby and this guy yeah. was tearing up. I think he got a load of caps for the Sevens team as well. Did, do you remember how good Andrew Blowers was? Yeah, I do actually. What a player he was! He had that awesome little stint at Northampton for four seasons. He started his international career for Samoa, but he didn't start a Test match, and then he was available for New Zealand. And um, James Forrester as, as well. James yeah. Forrester. And that yeah. guy was so talented. Oh man, yeah, definitely right. He's in. Um, Pat Lamb at six, James Forrester at eight. I'd love to see Kabomba Floors in. Right, Kabomba Floors, James Forrester, Pat Lamb. All right. Done. Done. Into the backs. Mmm. Got a scrum off? I haven't got a scrum off. How about Josh Valentine, who sat behind... Um, <laughs> he sat behind Gregan for, Gregan for all those years. Who else? What What did Sean Perry end up on? Uh, 
probably more than he should have done. Yeah. I like Sean Perry. Again, he was one of those players that came in during that horrible period of time when England were terrible. Sean Perry got 14 caps, but I I still think that's too many. Hmm. Uh, Maybe we could do some help on Twitter. Yeah, there we go. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Let's move into the rest of the back line for now. Fly halves. No, I... What about Nick Evans? Because he's so good yeah. and he should have totally. more Totally, that's, that's my choice. I think that's, exactly. a, great, I think that's what, a great shot. What a waste. It's just He just happened to have been born um, <laughs> just in the wrong country. He uh, all, at the wrong time in the wrong country. The wrong time in the wrong country. Yeah. He'd, he'd been a World Cup winning 100 cap. Only 16 caps. 16 caps. Only 16 caps. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Because any other team, we've said this before, any other team in the world he would have walked in. Centres, I'm going with Pat Howard. Because although he does have caps and a fair few of them, he had to move over to Leicester you know, because he had so much competition from Tim Horan and, and whoever else it was. Yeah, 20, 20 caps for someone of his calibre yeah. is nothing, is he, it? He's pretty much winning, um, well, I was going to say winning premierships on his own. Actually, he wasn't. He was winning premierships behind Martin Johnson's pack. But still, he was very good. <laughs> and again, if, if he was born English, he would have had 80 caps and been the main... Well, yeah, he would have been... Johnny Wilkinson would have succeeded after Pat Howard. He's, he's mm. what a player. So yeah, I'll go with that. Um, um, maybe him inside centre. Uh, I've got a few centres. Yeah, uh, Regan King. Oh, oh well if, done. If only Wales wish he was born well. We were, <laughs> we have been trying to change. Or wish he didn't have that one that cap. One cap in two thousand and two. Trying to change the rules around Regan <laughs> King for the last five years, I think, maybe longer. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. I actually saw him live playing stuff from State, and he's awesome. Um, Great player. James Downey, former Northampton current Munster. Yeah. 32 and he was captain this summer by Ireland for the first time. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he had a great season last year. Mm. Uh, yeah, one Ireland cap. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, he's got two caps. Some might say two caps too many. Ayula Arinley. Oh, no, do you know what? Um, I play county rugby with Ayula. I think there's a, one of Wasps coaches. Said he's the best impact player that he's ever had. I mean, don't know if that's a slight or not. He'd probably go in a um, a, a brains fifteen if we ever do it because he's actually won an episode of he has countdown. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Oh, good lad. Yeah, he's a bright boy. Uh, two, in, two England caps. Yeah, two England caps. Uh, Barry John Mather. Oh, if anyone remembers him. Yeah, um, the R- one that rugby league con- hand- handed us the victory at Wembley. That was his cap against Scott Gibbs when Scott Gibbs stanced over the line. Oh, yeah. was it? You can't get in the team for that. Um, Steve Hamley. It's just come, just come back to me now. He played as a winger. This... Yeah, but we've got our centres. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he, he played in the same game as Barry John Mather. I can't believe he never got another shot. Steve one, Hanley. One cap, scored a try. And he was, until recently, the Premiership's all-time leading try scorer. Do you know what the scariest part about this is? That... Um, it's now Quato, who is God, God knows how old and been playing for so long. Something like five tries behind him. Tom Vondel. Tom Vondel, yeah. yeah. Chasing him down. Yeah, he'll, mm. he'll get that in no time. Yeah. Providing he's not picked for England, which I don't yeah. think he will. Because <laughs> Vondel's had that, uh, that big advantage of not, being really, very not good. really playing yeah. for England. Well, he is quite good, obviously. If, if you like... see that as an advantage, if you're purely looking at the Guinness Premiership top scorer or Viva Premiership top scorer and, as the uh, highest accolade that a player can win in their career <laughs> well exactly yeah um, only four caps Vandell mm-hmm. really Issa Nathewa as well for the Leinster fullback one cap oh wow I... for is it Fiji oh yes yeah 
He was born and raised in New Zealand. He qualified to play for Fiji because of his ancestral links and was included in the squad for the 2003 World Cup. In 2006, he quit the Fiji national team because he wanted to change his eligibility from Fiji to New Zealand, but wasn't allowed to. Uh, So what's our back three then? Steve Hanley... Um, I, well, I, I quite like Mark van Gisbergen. Mark van Gisbergen's was a good one. Was only one cap? I thought he had a run in the cap. team. Only one cap. You sure? Uh, I think he was in the yeah. squad for a while. Yeah. No, um, he more than that. No, 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 that's right. Mark van Gisbergen, I like that one. MGV? James Simpson Daniel, arguably, could have got a lot more for England. I mean, was he on 14, something like that? 10, I have him down as. Uh, Rudy Wolf, four caps. Good name. Rennie Ranger, six caps. Great player. Um, Clive <laughs> Griffiths, coaching... Doncaster at the moment got one cap uh, for Wales in the 1970s. You know your back threes, Phil. Come on, then. Who would you say is the biggest waste out of that lot? Waste of international talent. If we went for Hanley, Gisbergen, Van Gisbergen. <laughs> Done. Definitely. Done. Still a bit shaky on the old number nine there, but you can give us some help at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, eggchasers.com. Captained your country the most times um, with 85, wow. overtaking John Smith. Mm-hmm. And he's also he's won 75 out of 85 of those test matches. That's just absolutely astonishing. That is incredible. Yeah, doff our caps to you. He, he is going to be the great, isn't he? So, yes, well done to you, uh, Richie McCaw. And, of course, in the short podcast, which we'll be doing on Friday... We will be looking ahead to that huge game, England against New Zealand, when Richie McCaw's side will be going to Twickenham, uh, as well as all the other international matches and uh, the domestic matches as well. Oh, really? LV Cup, who gives a damn? Yeah. Whatever. Well, did, did you no, see that uh, there was only one, Welsh, one win for the Welsh sides? <laughs> yes, I've seen it. And that was when two Welsh sides were playing each other. <laughs> even, even, hey. even Worcester beat uh, Cardiff say, Blues. What, yeah, even Worcester uh, managed to win the game. Unbelievable. Well yeah, done, the, the first, first one of the season, so well done, Dean Ryan and, and your troops. Well done, Richie McCaw, well done. Every time I hear that name, Dean Ryan, I want to go on and run. Why, why do they keep giving the man a job? <laughs> They're down, aren't they? Yeah, they've gone. Yeah, they've gone. it looks like it. Like losing those two home games. To Not New- Dean Ryan's fault, though. Losing at home to Newcastle and losing at home to London Irish. Gone, they've gone anyway. Um, we will uh, look ahead to the international matches on Friday. Download the podcast. I'll tell you what, if you subscribe, you can get it delivered straight to you. Uh, but thank you very much for downloading and for listening. I'm Tim, that's JB. Bye, and that is Phil. Cheers, Tim. Oh, what should we be sang out by? Do you want a bit of uh, Burgess? Burgess, Burgess. Burjo, the heir to the uh, rapping throat. Well, not actually, no one's ever going to take off. Yeah, he's got Corbusier. a lot, lot of work to do if he wants to catch up with uh, yeah, Corbusier. Yeah. But here is during the Rugby World Cup still on, is it? It is. Right. Apparently. For the time being, it's still on. So here's Rugby League World Cup starts. Tom Burgess. Same crazy when I'm about to go dumb again. They ain't seen me cause I pulled up in my other bands. Last week I was in my other other bands. So your diamonds up, cause we're in this bitch another game. For the shoot fresh, looking like wealth. About to call the paparazzi on myself. Uh. <laughs> See you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.